to District Divided, a DC sports podcast, more specifically a Washington Commanders podcast. I am Amit. That is KDOT. Today's episode, new offensive coordinator and assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy gave his introductory press conference. We're going to talk about that. We are also going to talk a little bit about ownership news that some of the news broke yesterday about Jeff Bezos hiring a firm. So we're going to jump into that a little bit at See Gasparino's at it again, adding more scoops to Twitter. So we may touch on his tweets. Um, and then we're going to jump into the comment mailbag after the pod. I went to the DC Defenders game uh, with the lemons and that. the beer snake. And so maybe we talk about that. But first things first, KDOT, how are you doing, man? I am doing fantastically. Ever since I saw that enemy press conference, I felt like I want to run through a brick wall on him. Why don't we why don't we go ahead and just get started and dive into the emotions of what we felt during that press conference? So once again, Eric Bieniemy was introduced yesterday as our assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, and he was electric. I don't think there is a single fan that could have watched that thing, any part of it, and gone bad hire. PR stunt, as some people have said. It's ridiculous. This guy, to me, at least from the press conference perspective. The real deal. The energy you felt during that press conference was incredible. You could tell the Washington media as they're tweeting are just like, wow, this guy. Incredible. KDOT, why don't we start with your thoughts overall? We'll jump into mine and uh, maybe a little bit of the insights we gained from it as well. So I will say this. I should I should specify. What made me want to run through a brick wall was the conversation I saw him have with Terry McLaurin. Go ahead. It was incredible. Like as far as the, and you see Terry's eyes light up like a kid on Christmas and you see all the possibilities and everything are just going in his head and it's just a giddiness to it. And they can't wait to get to work. And, oh man, I, I, I you know, I love direct feedback. I, I just want, I want somebody to just coach me right away. And Eric's like, well, we can't talk football yet, young man. But when we get there, we'll be, that felt great. The press conference also, the, the entire thing I'm doing when I'm watching the press conference is like, how the fuck isn't this guy a head coach? Like, that's the only thing I kept thinking the entire time is, like, we got to steal. Like, at least it feels that way, right? Now, nothing has changed for me. I know that I, 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 told, you, I told you last week, and I've said before, I almost blame myself for being part of the media machine, in a sense, on the, the criticism that Eric Biannimi. Stuff gets peddled constantly from all Which, sides. Understood. And there's still a little part of me that might believe a little bit of that deep, deep down. So I do think the jury's still out on this, but mm-hmm. when you look at like all these press conference gaffes these coaches have had over the last how many years, including some of them have gone on to do great things. Nick Sirianni after the first press conference did not seem too promising in the sense of people were ready to make fun of him. And he, he did it. But we then did. You also, we did make fun of him. Let's, right. let's keep it real. Yeah. No, we totally made fun of him. But then you also have guys like Adam Gase who look like they did 25 billion lines of coke before they went into the press conference. His anyway. eyes just fucking bugged out. It's like, this is ready. But then 
He sucked. So it's like, you know, you never know. The press conference is done. But what I did think was like, how the fuck could this guy have gone to that many interviews and not get the gig? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand, even as we said last week, how you could be a part. You don't even have to be the chief guy. And it seems like he was the chief guy. Ha, chief guy. The, uh, the one responsible for out coaching the Philadelphia Eagles court uh, defense coordinator. And you look at both of those coordinators on the losing Super Bowl team are both head coaches. Now it's kind of fucking ridiculous. So just with that, uh, I, I just, the, the vibe and the energy I got now, he did do a lot of coach speak shit, a lot of stuff. That's like, uh, there's no real substance there, but you can't really expect anything else in the program. He's not going to go over X's and fucking O's for you or everybody wanting him to say the juicy soundbite on why is he a head coach? He handled himself as a consummate professional, which to me is huge, especially with as much as I love and respect Ron Rivera. There are times when it comes to press conferences or other where you can tell he needs more media training. Eric Bianami seems like if there's one thing that Kansas City knows how to do is get these guys in a room with the media and knowing the right things to say and when and that alone for watching just from a p just from a pr standpoint for our own selves and our brand as far as the commanders is extremely important it could be one of the reasons why his assistant head coach is to help ron out with the media be like maybe hey, just, just watch this um what i wanted to point out and i agree with everything you said there k dot uh a few things a few things stuck out to me one he was brilliant in that this was a press conference that was going to get a lot of national attention. It's not every day a coordinator position is going to get a, a lot of national attention from for a press conference, right? right. Eric Bieniemy's story is pretty well documented at this point. A lot of people asking, why isn't he a head coach? They've talked about it on ESPN, on NFL Network. They've talked about it on various YouTube channels. I mean, everyone's covering this right now. And to me... He handled it so well because he now has on tape a really good interview overall. That's basically what he did. And everyone is now asking from the charisma standpoint, how on earth is he not a head coach just as you did? Right now, these NFL head coaching things, they they go for hours, these interviews and stuff like that. Who knows what was asked, stuff like that. You and I have our feelings on it. And I, you know, I believe there's a degree of truth to it when you see that Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson get head coaching gigs. They never call plays in Kansas City. So uh, there's that element to it. The things that stood out to me. One, I loved how he was in the present moment. A lot of people are asking about the head coaching stuff. What are your thoughts on it? Are you ever going to become one? Um, why'd you come here? Stuff like that. And he kept talking about where are my feet? My feet are right here. They're planted on the ground right here. You know what I'm going to say, Nikki. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. And his his ability to stay in the moment was incredibly important to me. His correct assessment and diagnosis that this is a people's business was huge. All about developing relationships. I don't hear enough people talk about that. He talked about his connections to Ron Rivera. He talked about his connections to Martin Mayhew. He talked about these connections that he's had to people in the organization. So when you hear why Washington and he goes, why not Washington? He's explicitly telling you why it's a people's business. So you put these things together. He's present minded. He is focused on developing relationships because not everyone receives information the same way. He points that out as well. How do I get the best out of these people? The numbers will take care of themselves. I don't give a damn if we run. I don't give a damn if we throw. I don't care about that. The goal is to win the game. And sometimes it's going to be ugly. He did everything he was supposed to do in that press conference. Now, my only reservation 
is that a lot of people nail their press conference. You hear that all the time, a home run press conference. This one had a certain energy attached to it that I felt was different. You could feel that the winning that came with him from Kansas City, where he kept citing, hey, you know, three Super Bowls in four years, won two of them, five AFC championship games. I was coordinator for five years. What do you think happened? The man, to me, is a stud. He knows it. And I was a big fan of the difference between I and Eric Bieniemy Because sometimes you'd say, Eric Bieniemy is a football coach. And then he would go, I'm coming here to work. You know, I loved that. I wish someone had asked, is there a difference between Eric Bieniemy and I? Are these two different personalities going on? But I absolutely love the press conference, K-Dot. No, I'm with you, man. It's uh, he. It's I think you, you summed it up perfectly when you said he nailed what he had to do in this press conference. We didn't have a maroon and black moment. There was none, none of that nonsense. There was... There was hail yes. commanders, but that's about it. I'm cool with that. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck knows what we're really supposed to say? Yeah, <laughs> in, in a sense, he nailed that too. Right. Hail to the Reds. Hell command. I like hail commanders. It actually kind of works. Kind of like not gonna lie, kind of like Cobra Commander. It's a lot yeah, better. Yeah, it kind of it kind of works. Hell commanders. HC. HC. Hell commanders. Coach. Just saying, it kind of works out. Um, I will. There's another takeaway that I that when kind of going through it and really sifting through all of it, right? Which is that we had questions about where the leash would be for Ron Rivera and as far as the mechanism of the decision itself, which as much as they were illuminating, if true, still leave me kind of a little confused, but I guess to a certain degree, maybe it's, but they, they talked to, they, they talked to Eric and they say, what, what was the ownership involvement? Who'd you talk to? And he says, Ron was the guy at the head of this. He talked to Jason. He talked to Marty Mayhew. He talked to all those guys, but Ron was the guy. And then even when they talked to Ron a little bit about like, what, what was Dan, what was Dan? And he said, well, I talked to Dan and Dan told me to go out there and get any guy that I wanted. And mm-hmm. when I told him it might not take, uh, there's one guy that we really want, but he's still kind of tied up with the Super Bowl run. Well, do whatever you need to do. Do, do anything you need to do. Just do it. And it was like, I don't know, a little part of me thought maybe, um, no, I'm not going to say that. Go ahead. I regret that. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Maybe the best move Dan's ever made. <laughs> maybe Dan has learned. That's no. the beauty of being in the moment, K-Dot. Right. Go was, ahead. Like Dan had a good moment, if this is true, right? And I, I still don't, I, I still didn't get it quite. Like I didn't understand. I didn't think Dan would be okay just signing checks to whomever he's not going to be there for. But then there's another opportunity where, all right, if I got to sign this small check right now, knowing I got at least six billion coming down the road, then who gives a fuck? I ain't got to pay the rest of the contracts out. So maybe there is a little bit of freedom in that that he really just doesn't give a fuck. Ron, do whatever it is you want to do. Um, but I think that with this, with this hiring, what what it means to me is that. Ron is in full control. And if Ron's in full control of this thing, I think he he's above Marty Mayhew, he's above everybody. Ron's in control. Then I think anything is possible when it comes to what we do at free agency, when it comes to what it is the plan is, when it comes to all those things. I think we need to keep our eyes open to they're going to do everything they possibly can to win these fucking games and win them as soon as they can. And a part of me feels good about that. I mean, at the end of the last season, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about what it is we need to do to kind of get past the Ron Rivera era. And I think I just need to reiterate that it's not over at all. And that what we need to do is not necessarily look that far ahead, but what it is we need to do this year 
to put together a winning product on the team on the field and potentially have Ron Rivera be our Lombardi trophy wielding fucking head coach here in Washington. Yeah. I mean, so long as someone is in the position, you give him a shot. And right. so, and Rivera to me has done a good job in getting a really qualified, we've said overqualified offensive coordinator here. Right. Yeah. And so now we have Eric Bieniemy as the OC. We have Ron Rivera as the head coach and we have Jack Del Rio as our defensive coordinator. That is a very experienced bunch of coaches that we have over here. Excellent point on Ron Rivera looking to be the one in control here uh, based on the search, based on dancing. Hey, do whatever you want. In a sense, this might be ownership being hands off, which is what we've asked for for the longest time, because if they're in the middle of a sale and Ron's getting full control, hey, that could end up being a good thing. Um, and one other thing you alluded to at the very beginning uh, when you were mentioning your Eric Bieniemy dots and running through a brick wall was that Terry McLaurin was there. Yeah. Sam Howell was there. Yep. Sadiq Charles was there. Antonio Gibson was there. Brian Robinson was there. Uh, Cam Curl was there. Logan Thomas was there. So all these different guys showing up for a coordinator press conference. I think I was looking around a little bit somewhat unprecedented because this is also somewhat of an unprecedented move. Yeah. Right. OC to OC. But just to say that the team is excited. The people are bought in. I don't even know if I mentioned Sam Howell was there, but Sam Howell was there, of course. Um, I'm excited and you should have every reason to be excited moving forward. Now they can't talk about football yet. He talked about the importance of OTAs. He talked about the importance of training camp, of vet camp. So he's already like, Hey, listen, you better fucking be there. And it's pretty well documented. This dude's a hard ass. Okay. I mean, if you guys got the opportunity to see it, there's a clip that NFL network did way back when he was the running backs coach for the Minnesota Vikings kid. Yeah, did you see this with eight yeah, with AP? Yeah. I mean, AP at this point, I think he had won the MVP already. And if he hadn't, he was about to. And then yeah, you could see right why. Um, but it's literally. What did he say in the huddle? What did he say in the huddle? He kept saying it over <laughs> and over. He wasn't letting AD walk away from him. Well, like, I'm telling you what I thought. Like, I didn't ask what you think. What yeah, did he say in the he huddle? He would just repeat. What did he say in the huddle? I'm telling you what I thought. What did he say in the huddle? No, listen, I'm just telling what he say in the huddle. Like, it literally was this back and forth. And I love that he didn't give so a shit good. what the pedigree of the player was. Right, no fucks. That he and that's what you want out of a coach, and that's that when you hear when you hear the stories about him and Patrick Mahomes getting at it. If that's the case, and Mahomes has alluded to it, right? That feels like when Mahomes talks about, it seems like that exchange that he had with Adrian Peterson, which is, I'm not here to demean you. I'm not here to make you feel bad for the sake of feeling bad. This is what we talked about last year in the sense of with the conversations that aren't happening in Ashburn, right? That it doesn't feel as though people are. Um, there's no conflict. Good conflict. There's no people challenging each other to do this or to do better. It didn't feel like that existed, right? And mm -hmm. you can see that when Terry McLaurin and those guys show up. And when Terry made sure that he, as soon as he could, get over and talk to Eric. And they talked, and he talked about, yeah, we got some, I think you're going to be impressed with some of the guys we have on this team. You can tell Terry probably made that call. Hey, Logan. Hey, Sadiq. Hey, guys. We're going, Lamar. Let's get down there. Let's do this. And you see the excitement that they have that, there is a guy that they know is a Super Bowl winning guy that is now in the house. And they are going to be from a personal standpoint, when we talk about the relationships, right? Mm -hmm. They show up and show air. We got your fucking back from day one. That matters. Those things matter. And then number two, if they have the buy-in from a personal standpoint, you could sense with the Scott Turner thing, it never felt like those guys would be running through a brick wall for the dude. No knock on Scott Turner. It's just not the vibe that it felt. 
It mm-hmm. feels like from day one, we have a complete unit that's ready to do whatever it takes to work together to make it happen. Absolutely. And it's just, it's great. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's still a young team, especially on offense. Uh, we got to sort out the offensive line, of course. We'll be talking about free agency uh, shortly. I mean, not in this episode, but as it gets closer, um, as along with the draft and stuff like that. Looking forward to seeing what acquisitions we make and what moves we make and continue to see, is Ron Rivera truly in control over here? It seems like he is. Um, any alert, fu- there's only one thing draft-wise. I'm only looking at one guy. And I have, oh, well, we don't have to talk about it this episode, but I have been burning through YouTube videos. <laughs> in the comment section, go ahead and just guess. Who hey, look, last about. year, Kyle Hamilton was my guy. What would he end up being? PFS highest rated safety in the NFL. Uh, hey, you saying. know, we were we were going gaga over Kyle Hamilton. Now, I'm incredibly thankful that we got Jahan. Because yeah, cool. even when we did the post drafting, I was like, okay, I wasn't really expecting us to reach for Jahan. But then you look at what he does, and it's like, okay, this dude just has solid prospect as it gets. I mean, and with the know, enemy so. and moving him around the field and doing this to mm-hmm. gets a little exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so that was Eric Bieniemy's press conference. Every reason to be excited, fans. Um, let's move on and talk about some ownership updates. So, first things first, Jeff Bezos apparently has hired an investment firm to look at potentially buying. The Washington Commanders. That was broken by the Washington Post and many Allen others. Folks, what'd you say? The Allen and Company, something like that. Yeah, but the point is, it's an investment firm. I would assume it's legitimate with Bezos doing this, and, uh, and his own newspaper broke it. And so that you can actually look at that and be like, oh, okay, well, you know, he wants that out there. Um, CNN, CBS Sports, ESPN, actually, everyone's covering this now. Um, and then you got at Char- well Charles Gasparino, uh, our favorite. Twitter follow, of course, uh, from last time at C. Gasparino with a couple of different tweets talking about Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z potentially joining forces to buy this. It's interesting to me that there would be some sort of joining forces bit there uh, just because Bezos, I feel like it's just a drop in the bucket for him. But anyway, that that seems to be the story that is uh, coming out right now. To me, the biggest thing was Darren Haynes uh, was interviewing after Bienemy's press conference, Jason Wright, team president, and he was asking him about the sale. And Jason Wright was saying, look, I mean, you know that financial transactions of this size and magnitude always very, very heavily under wraps and stuff like that. So all I can say, I'm not going to give you anything new. All I can say is it continues to push forward. That to me was a big deal because yeah. that was the first time an actual that I can think of that an actual member of the team, let alone the team president, is saying it is continuing. An acknowledgement that it's occurring for all the naysayers out there who are like, it's not happening, it's not happening. He, your team president, is saying it is continuing to push forward. I thought that was a massive statement that not a lot of people picked up on. This is happening, just to be clear, people. There's never a doubt. There's no doubt on that. It's the silence from the Snyders, which is you guys know, everyone watching knows, the moment the Snyders have anything in the media that they don't want out in the media, what do they do? They have a press release. They mm-hmm. can't help themselves at any given point in time to try to defend themselves or to try to paint or to get an aha gotcha moment for any reporter or anything that they think might have something wrong. Can I also just quickly uh, mention, now that you've said that, and you also, I think, mentioned it, but I'm just going to be even more explicit about it. Mm-hmm. When they asked Biennemi if he had talked to Dan, 
the very indirect answer was no. All he right. did was mention Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew. He may have even mentioned Herney at one point, uh, Stokes. Like he mentioned other guys, Jason Wright. Not once did he mention Tanya or Dan Snyder. Yep. So that also speaks volumes. Please continue, k No, you're 100% right. It's uh, all those pieces matter, and they just point to that one conclusion, which is it's a done, it's going to be a done deal soon. Like, um, and then even the Jason Wright thing, like Jason saying that is a wink, wink, nod, nod to everybody to let them know, hey. And I still stand that I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more it's realized that Wright was not a Snyder pick. This is the league mandated. This is the league place Jason Wright here in Washington. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, he's not beholden to the Snyders. All he's got to do is not piss Dan off enough publicly to, right. to keep the job going, right? But this is but that that's the that that's at least the theory that I'm rolling with nowadays. Um, and if that's the case, then he he's telling everybody like, "Hey, I'm hearing in the media. I know what you guys are saying right now. It continues to push forward. Most I could say, I'm not going to be responsible fucking this up in any way or shape or form. But here's enough for you to relax and be okay with it. And the the thing going back to what made the news in the first place, right? Is uh the article it, it drops that Bezos hires Allen and company Allen and company's investment firm. They were there. They were the chief guys that were uh, that helped with the Broncos sale and mm-hmm. the Panthers sale. So the last two sales of the NFL of NFL teams directly had these guys involved. So to me, it speaks volumes and the Gasparino article. Look, I, I don't know the guy. I know that he's going back and forth on Twitter with a lot of bunch of like talking about how many followers they have compared to him, which is never a good sign for. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the idea from him is all he's doing is adding more detail that we already know. So don't 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 think everything you hear about this is like breaking or grand. But he you has look scoop in all caps. Kato. It's All right. So the scoop is the league would prefer someone that has enough money to not create an obstacle when it comes to buying the team. Oh shit. Really? But K dot it's his scoop and it's multiple tweets. It's the d- <laughs> so stupid. Is it, I, it's I just, by the way, it, no for those that couldn't I'm tell them up. heavy sarcasm on my end, I completely agree with you. It is. It the is NFL ridiculous. is really love, pushing Bezos to make I a love bid. whatever he tweets. It's just fun at this point. I mean, I really enjoy it. Whenever he comes out with a new scoop, I'm like, I almost am like this close to text you be like, hey, have you seen the latest Gasparino? Like it's becoming a bit in my opinion. Like I know he's trying, but like it's so out of left field for him because he doesn't tweet about anything football related except for this. Like this is what he he's close about. personal friends with Snyder who he spoke to once a year ago. Right. So anyway, the whole thing is enjoyable. Any other thoughts on ownership right now? Uh, it's going to get done. We just don't know when it's going to get done. I mean, the, the, the more I'm, I'm a little disappointed that my number was wrong. It looks like my number was wrong as far as what the sell of the team is going to go for. So it's a little disappointing, but um, we don't know. I thought there'd be know more. No, we don't. But I, but it, right now it feels as though it's not going to go for as high as I thought it would. And that to me was just the excitement level and the push for owners kind of fighting for this thing. That excites me because it makes me feel as though I, the team that I, pour my blood sweat and tears and fandom into people find to think it's valuable <laughs> instead of being stuck with it and I, that's that's what i want to see but right now mm-hmm. all the names that are kind of being floating around the team i'm happy with josh harris i'm happy with jeff oh, bezos yeah. i'm happy with 
Jay-Z even being there as the black face of the organization or something. I'm fine with all of it. Just whatever it takes, just we all know there's one guy in particular that needs to go, even if the best move he's ever made just happened not too long ago. Yeah, well, I, it might be because he's a bit more hands-off. Uh, Gasparino does throw up Mike Bloomberg as somebody to look out for as well in his scoop, all caps, uh, and that was tweet two of two in said scoop. Um, all right, why don't we just go over and jump to the comment mailbag where we have three comments over here. We appreciate you guys. Beginning with Patriot Clips. Eric Bietemi is not a head coach because of height supremacy. He's a short, short man. Uh, shout out Patriot Clips. Eric Bietemi is five foot seven. K dot. Your reaction? I'm shorter than him, so yeah. So you can't become a head coach according to Patriot Clips. That's why I'm not a head coach. That's the reason. They told me outright. I tried to. I tried to be part of an internship program, and they were like, "Hey, the height thing, man. Can't do it." I, I guess we find nothing but truth there for Patriot Clips. We appreciate the comment and the insight there. It was something we did not discuss on the last episode. <laughs> I did enjoy the comment, to be honest. Um, and then we have Vindo, who, you know what? Is he an OG officially or she? Vindog! Vindog! OG! Welcome to the OG Club. Step in the right direction. Let's go. How about you've made it to the summit? Welcome to the OG Club, Vindo. Really appreciate the comment, as always. And then... Would you look at that? The Extraordinary Nobody's podcast has a comment here. Mahomes is a god. The Red Sox suck. Now, before I read the rest of this, uh, oh, well, these things are both true. Now, before I read the rest of this, I, I need you guys to understand something. When you see a tweet from at Fox News or at CNN or at the Extraordinary Nobody's podcast, remember that there are people behind these tweets. So when you label something as a company and you're like, the company is saying this, it's not this mystical thing. It is a person. I just wanted to point that out because Mahomes is a god and the Red Sox suck and both things being true. I think only one of those things is true. Um, also true, you should subscribe to KDOT's new podcast. Drops the link. Love my District Divided fam. KDOT, what a lovely comment really appreciate that the extraordinary nobody's podcast find it on youtube Motherfuck, i left a comment similar to that the last four episodes and it kept not coming through this one this one finally came through yeah because i pinned it <laughs> oh that's huge i logged in through the dish divided youtube and pinned that some bitch to the top of the goddamn board. yeah you should keep doing that <laughs> i'm going to keep doing that <laughs> You know what's really funny is initially it said that there were uh, three comments, but only two were showing up, and I had to like mess it with the settings. The first time. No, I had to mess it with the settings the to get this to show that's, up on my phone. That's my, my second. That's my second go round trying to get it. It's trying to keep me down, or you're trying to keep me down. And I, I don't. I'm my, trying I, to keep you down. I just. I know it. you don't want me leaving. And here's the thing: I might have better chemistry with you than the other guy, but I like the other guy a little bit. And look out, man! He's, he's a good dude. He's like, yeah, fuck Hope him. His nose is okay. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. So, like, oh, well, I can't really tease. Can I tease it? They don't know. Well, how about this? How about this? This was District Divided, DC Sports <laughs> Podcast. More specifically, a Commander's Podcast. I love it. That is KDOT. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like the video, share it, subscribe to the channel, comment, etc. After the pod begins right now. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Do what you want to do with this. <laughs> I was like, we're really venturing into different territory here. No, it was so like I so you guys, if you're watching this, you Brendan has been on the pod, right? He's been Brendan has been on the pod. Yeah, he Packer, he was like talking Packers. about how Jair Alexander is an excellent corner, and we were like Terry's going to cook him, and then Terry cooked him. Right, right. As, so as we're as experts. 
In oh, case yeah, you guys he's got so wondering. many. He, me and him have been arguing about the Aaron Rodgers thing like so fucking much. It's hilarious. But uh, so I do the show with him. He just moved to St. Louis. Um, move there? Or is he just there temporarily? Three months, three to four months. Okay, short term move. Yeah, short term move. So he's over there, and the 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 thing, <laughs> just a fresh start, just kind of get away from it all for a little bit. He's like house sitting, dog sitting, whatever. And yeah. um, I guess when he's being introduced to the dogs, they attacked him. And he sent uh, photos to us in the group where he sent a photo to me first. And I'll I'll save for what happened within the family dynamic and how I fucked up. Because oh, I also date his sister. So there's a lot of, hey, I told you this. You don't need to tell her this. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were never going to reveal that. What? That you date his sister. Oh, I was about to say something. Don't save it for the extraordinary nobodies. <laughs> Which you can find on YouTube through the Did link. You find on there? It, it, like, I, I started, I had the AI that I used for video. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, start creating a song called I'm Fucking Your Sister. To just... Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. By the way, new episode or new season of Drive, Drive to Survive to came out today. Is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding off until I've got like a full day of yeah I'm, I'm no gonna that that's gonna it. be that's going to be binged that that's yeah th- nothing else will yeah. matter when i start that yeah completely agree just block out the calendar that's they what, know what do. they're doing they're doing a perfect job at this drive to survive is an incredible show we are what a week out a little over a week out from the first race mm-hmm. um even me like so i do you as you know and as i think people know at this point i do consulting for the largest bar group in dc and I handle majority of their marketing, social media, things like that. And I got a hot phone call from the GM of the umbrella company the mm. other day. So like the the like third in command of the big, big group. Franklin Hall's parents. Right, right. If you're if you're a fan of Franklin Hall or parents, I really shouldn't name them because of the views I have on this show, but whatever. If you're a fan of those bars, I We talked work... about it last time. You they already know. If you People if you know. if you see anything on social media you like from them, it's me. I did it. So like, um, I get a hot phone call one morning. He's like, "Hey, um, I've been told you're the F1 expert here at the group." I'm like, what? <laughs> you're, you're the F1 guy. Um, we're getting phone calls and stuff about the. What is happening? Why are we getting phone calls about? And I did a full breakdown about drive to survive, how the season started, and what the schedule's gonna do, how we're gonna do mm-hmm. this, this, and that. And they're like, "All right, so should we start moving some man, uh, man out, manpower, getting the bartenders open at seven, five, 7 a.m. if need be for the races and everything?" I'm like, hold your horses. I was like, here's the thing. Americans are dumb. We're dumb. And Drought of Survive is out, which means we are all Formula One fans for the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, don't put anything extra into this Formula One thing. 100% <laughs> right. That is a great read. <laughs> I was like, the first race, a bunch of people going to show, but it was like, it's an early race. Don't expect a lot. Second race, you might get a turnout because it's a 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time race. That might work. Additionally, it's the second race of the season. Everyone's got hope. Like, yeah. See what I'm saying? But when you get around that third race, when not these ra- these races aren't week to week sometimes, it's two-week gaps. Is this gap? It's like, it ain't worth the man. It's not well, worth it. That's where you got to know who, who people are rooting for. Because mm-hmm. if they've gotten off to a good start, you want to keep the good vibes going. I don't know how easily you can just quickly turn something around like that. But let's say you're a Mercedes fan. And you just have two great races to start. 
I'm pretty sure people are going to show up for race number three. But if they get off to a rough start, I don't think they're showing up. I think they're like, you know what? No, I need to over. switch the vibe up. I need to stay at home and yeah. I need to watch here and scream at my TV right here. If that, if that, if that, if they even watch, you're right. That's the thing. I talk about Formula One on the, uh, on the All Sorts of Sports podcast, which is another podcast, but I won't plug because we got enough subscribers there that I'm okay for right now, even though we're on a uh, sabbatical. We're, we're taking a little break. Although we did drop an episode about Ant-Man uh, and the Watts Quantumania. Pretty fucking good episode, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought plugging stuff. Okay. <laughs> that, that can happen. I've been told that's actually a thing. It does happen from time to time. But doing yeah. all sorts of sports, we started getting into Formula One because one of my co-hosts, James, is huge into Formula One. I've dabbled in Formula One because I, I like auto racing. So, like, I grew up a NASCAR fan. Of course you do. The first race I ever watched from start to end NASCAR, mm-hmm. February 2001, Dale Earnhardt died. And in Why'd you once, watch it? Huh? Why'd you do that? In one sense, I felt terrible. <laughs> it was like, holy Let's dive shit. into that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the first race, a guy died. It might be my fault. Might be. But on the other hand, I was also saying, this most entertaining shit. Oh my god! Ever, of course. Like the stakes are higher than any other thing that I watch competitively. Holy <laughs> fuck! And I was hooked. And I mean hooked. I'm the guy who, well, after nine eleven, because it's like the following seasons right. after nine eleven, I'm USA rah 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 guy. Okay, I'm starting to lose weight. I'm gonna go in the Air Force. I can't fucking wait. I'm doing this, that, and the other. I had my thoughts politically. They are a little complicated, fourth, seventh grader, but I was, I was, I was. I was a Watch the up. extraordinary nobody's podcast. Uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> That's my plug for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I used to stand up before every race. If I had a hat, I'd take it off, and I'd actually stand up for the pla- for the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Uh huh. I, I would actually stand in my living room and actually keep my hand. Over I did my that heart. one time. The U.S. was playing the Czech Republic <laughs> in the World Cup. We lost three nothing. Never did it again. Please continue. <laughs> but NASCAR was a shit. And then my dad worked for the longest time at Home Depot. I was a huge Tony Stewart guy. It was my mm-hmm. thing. And then because Tony Stewart was also a uh, a um, Indy car racer, it got me into open wheel racing. And then knowing about open wheel racing, you always heard about this Formula One thing. And it was like, all right, well, I'll get into that. So I used to watch it or dabble, but it wasn't until Drive to Survive that it really took off for me. But even with that, like, if my team's not going well, the same way that a lot of you, you, you miss out after a couple weeks. If the race is on at two o'clock in the fucking morning, you're like, you know, eh. but here's the thing. So the thing about F1 is it is a sport that snowballs in both directions. When you're doing well, you're doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And when you're not doing well, the wheels fall off. I mean, you can Sometimes take that as a point if you'd like to. Yeah, I was going to say it is just one of those things where it, it, it's not like it's not like, let's say, the NFL, where there's a lot of parity these days. Like you right. see new playoff teams the very next year. A lot of it is fairly you know, static in terms of like, OK, if you haven't seen Drive to Survive yet, there, there's a certain team that just excels in the early seasons. Um, and so, and it's consistent, right? And so it's one of those things where like, to KDOT's point, if your team's not doing well, it's a lot harder to stay on it because you almost know what's going to happen. It's just one of those things. No, it's, it, but that's auto racing, right? So like the thing with NASCAR for the longest time, the reason I got into it is I got into NASCAR at the time where it was like, 
we're we're reaching a peak of these cars are too fast now. So like what happened in NASCAR was that the they started getting the cars to a point where we were looking at 200 plus miles per hour. Yeah. And these guys would be five wide on a track, six inches away from each other. Oh my gosh. And it's terrifying that the people like, like, well, it's fucking NASCAR. They're just driving around, making left turns the entire fucking time. It's like, I get it. Hey, don't blame the people. That was South Park. I get But I understand it from a surface level. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty of like how this is working, and especially on some of the races like Daytona or like Talladega, you're waiting for what they used to call the big one. Which there were some races where there'd be an accident where out of 43 cars that are out there on the track, 35 of them might be involved in one wreck. Mm-hmm. Like it used to get bad. And then they started doing the car tomorrow thing after Dale Earnhardt died. They did all kinds of stuff to change it up. The, 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 so a lot of times in NASCAR, like things happen and you're not seeing a whole lot of jockeying for positions. Mm-hmm. Formula One's like that, but on steroids. Yes. Usually the only thing you're seeing as far as people jockeying for position really in most races is in the first lap first two laps beyond the first two laps the cars start really figuring out all right who's faster who's not and they go and then it, it usually keeps that exact same pace unless you have an unreliable car throughout the race mm-hmm. what people gauge yep. as far is a good race or a bad race is sometimes when things happen that we're not expecting if uh-huh. you have uh fucking charles leclerc as it happened a lot last season had a great car and then something fucking breaks and it's like, holy shit, they left the door open for Red Bull. To he come had through. a great qualifying car. There was that. It was not built for a longer race. It's I not. will tell you that. So so that's the thing is like the 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 it start in football. You're watching because the plays each play has something exciting that's happening. You never know what what quite's going to happen. In Formula One, there's a bit of that, but it's more about the behind the scenes drama. It's more about what happens with this or what does this mean if this car breaks again mm-hmm. for this driver, this team, this right. career, this, that, what changes they're going to make that, that usually, and even if they make changes, you're not going to see the changes until two races from now, because it's, they're all long process. It gets in, you start. And it takes, and the races happen so quickly. It's yeah. like one week and then the very next week you got another race in a different country. So like yep. there's time traveling there, the way time traveling, uh, you know, people need to spend. Where is that time coming from? Right. Cause you're quickly turning around. And so like, it is a really interesting sport and the way Netflix has done drive to survive it's is spectacular. Have you ever heard about uh, the new show? Which new show? Quarterback. Yes. That, that's the moment Mahomes, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota, right? That's Will they follow them around? That's going to be fire. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, they even have, is it called Breakpoint? I can't remember the tennis I one. I haven't watched it, but yes. I haven't heard. watched it yet, but the way that they did the trailer was really good. And so, like, these guys have figured out sort of that template of, like, how to get people to watch mm-hmm. these types of documentaries. Very I will fascinating. Say, the, from what I understand about Breakpoint, after you watch two episodes... Well, there's only so much drama in tennis, you'd think, right? That's what makes Formula One so... This there's is what makes Drive to Survive in Formula One is that... Because there's inner team drama also, which is there's, amazing. There's money. There's some of the best backdrops ever. You're talking about young guys. The oldest guy might be 30-something years old at any given point in time in the race. Unless you got like Fernando Alonso. I was going to say Alonso's. But, yeah. the, but beyond that, you're talking about young dudes, sometimes teenagers, 20-something-year-olds multi-millionaires living in monaco and other places some of the hottest fucking girlfriends or hottest women on the face of the earth these dudes are 
you told me they're rock stars, mm-hmm. but then they also have to train and work their asses off. And at any given point in time, one of the other guys might be jockeying for their seat, or there's somebody upcoming jockeying for their seat. Daniel Ricardo, one of the most beloved guys in all of Drive to Survive, one of my favorite drivers, is out at McLaren. Very first driver that was shown in the show. Yep. He's on he's sitting on his ass. Uh, he's sitting on his couch at home. I think comfortably though. Just oh, given no, very comfortable. Yeah, I think he's totally But I, I don't know if he's comfortable with that. Because I, I think he, he wants to race. Again. I think but give he, him a year. Give him a year and he'll be back depends on. Depends on what's open. Depends on what's opening. But um but then, Well, he needs that fire to come back. It looked like that fire was just listen, why don't I'm we talk more? Why don't we talk? Why don't we talk more about F one when people get the chance to watch okay, the season? Because then we can then we could dive into it. I wanted to quickly well, there are a couple things I wanted to talk about. Sorry, the defenders yeah, game. Sorry. Okay. No, no, yeah. you're fine. Oh shit! The yeah. defenders game and also just sports betting in general. Um, defenders game. How let's start was there. it? It went kind of viral, at least locally. What the fuck was going on? Listen, best sporting environment in DC in years, and Audi Field was half full. So we're talking nine thousand people, ten thousand people. I just wanted to highlight that because of how it shows how starved people are to have a team in this city. If it was that lit an atmosphere where we're trying to build the beer snake and security's taking it down and we revolt by throwing lemons onto the field and then Seattle doesn't score a point after lemons touch the field. In fact, we get a pick six in what is now beautifully and endearly called the lemon zone because that's where the lemons were. And then on the other side, we get another pick and then Ben DiNucci fumbles at the one on the last play of the game, former Cowboys QB, and we're going nuts. I mean, and ESPN's even saying, give the people their beer snake because anarchy and chaos has broken out at Audi Field and all they want's a beer snake. I mean, you talk about, and The Rock is there. It was an incredible game. It was an incredible atmosphere. It was a Sunday night at 8 p.m. I wouldn't have it any other way, K-Not. I can't wait for the next home game. I mean, it was so much fun. People were yelling all sorts of stuff. Some people were like, I brought my kids here. I'm like, why'd you bring your kids here? Like, there are all sorts of things that were going on in that game. And there was not a single dull moment. I even went with a couple diehard football fans in general, and one of them, Oh, DJ. I went with DJ Turner. Um, Shout out DJ. He, as you know, knows football. Two minute warning. We're up for what does he do? He runs. He he doesn't give a shit about the football game anymore. He runs with his plastic cup to contribute to the beer snake. There was a lot going on at this game. And I can't wait for the next one. The defenders players were like, keep throwing stuff on. They were, they were egging them on, on the screen. It says you will be banned from Audi field if you throw stuff, but then you got the players saying, please continue. There was a lot going on in that game. And it was one of people were already calling for the backup quarterback, the Eric King who did play well, by the way, there were questions after it it was an amazing game. So much fun, so much fun. Highly recommend 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10. If I could. And the tickets are affordable, right? Like paid 18 bucks. It's going to be jam packed next next game. They go sell out. They'll get a sellout. They will yeah. because the publicity was perfect. Oh, and amazing. you and a lot of the a lot of the people district divided follows that are Commanders fans could not stop gushing about this game. I used the account to say I couldn't stop gushing about the game. We start it was talking about so the XFL? much fun. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We should Just fold it in. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and fold that in too. We can even do a day after, you know, as if it were the commanders, just defenders review. We could talk about the atmosphere. We could talk about the game. It's really fun. 
I would say that if it's going to be a night game, maybe don't bring the entire family because it's the XFL. It's going to be one of those games or one of those places where it's just rowdy because the XFL is still figuring out its identity. I will say when I went a couple of years ago when Cardell, uh, uh, what's that? Yeah, Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones, right. Yeah, he was um, when he was quarterback. It, it got on TV. That was cool. But um, there you go. It was a fun vibe, and it seems like they've taken that and like expand it to the max. I mean, Washington's always been known as a good football town, right? Everybody knows the days of RFK. I've even seen like recently people have been posting the photo or video from 2012 at FedEx when mm-hmm. it was packed. And I look at that and I'm like, I remember that whole era as much as 2012 as you saying, we still thought that this was a shell of our former glory as far as what is it, as far as what, and I feel like any inkling that they have they experience that a little bit or the fan base mm-hmm. That have grown up in the area or have parents and relatives that say, we want to be a part of something. And it feels as though the starting point for that might be Audi Field and the competitors. And, awesome. and here's the thing about Audi Field, and I think it's it's very important that it's noted. It is a small stadium. Yep. You are basically on top of the field. There is no bad seat. And so the atmosphere gets amplified because of it, because you are right next to the field, no matter where you're sitting, basically. Yep. At FedEx, you could be really, really far out. You could even be the hundreds, you know, the hundred level section, mm-hmm. which is lower level. But you could, you're still going to be infinitely further yep. than you are at Audi Field, even if you're in the top corner of the stadium. Yep. So it really is like it encourages a lot of sound, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, even though it only seats about twenty thousand people. And again, there were only nine, maybe ten thousand people at this one, and it was louder than I've seen any stadium in quite some time. It was amazing. And to KDOT's point, to your point, man, I think the next one's going to be close to a sellout if it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually sell out because it got amazing publicity. And you bet your ass that beer snake is coming back. It is absolutely was good. Everything about Audi's, it's a good stadium. Great stadium. Great stadium. stadium. Going for the DC United home opener tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that as well. But it won't be as loud. It will not be as loud as it was for... The DC defenders. I know how much you love soccer, so I'm gonna shut the fuck up. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. DC United, they're they're a lost cause. Let's be real. I'll say that. I mean, coach doesn't know what he's doing. Love Wayne Rooney, the player. Wayne Rooney, the manager. They're questions, and they're fair. So, yeah. I was actually listening to a podcast when I saw Wayne Rooney in an airport, and freaked out because nobody else knew who the fuck he was. Oh yeah, Dallas. Yeah, there were like eight people there. It, it literally felt like. Shout out semi pro. It felt like he was landing with the Flint, Michigan tropics. Like it, there's just not a lot of, unfortunately, given the recent success, which there is none of the team, the fanfare has died down. Um, getting rid of Lozada. We can do an entirely separate episode on that. And I can do, do that. Man. I can do that with Jason DuPaul or somebody else from the DC United season ticket group. I will spare you that episode. I, appreciate it. I may ask for the background though, just like a black and red, like Vamos United district divided thing. Oh, I'll fuck background up for you. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Soccer blows just on every side. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, but before before we kick this episode off, we were talking about sports betting. Yes. And we were talking about the various parlays we were making. Now, KDOT, yes. you hit one on your birthday. Congratulations. On the re-inaugural XFL weekend, you went four for four, right? Uh, yeah, I called every XFL game correctly. I'm pulling up my uh, FanDuel because uh, <laughs> I'm in the state of Maryland. 
nice. which is uh, awesome as far as being able to bet on sports. Although, bet MGM. Fuck you. Um, That's what I use. I have to walk towards Navy Yard so that I'm in the bet zone because it's geofenced. In order to cash out, I had I can to cash out from a, anywhere. I did an ACA. I have to do an ACH transfer, which takes however okay. many days, whatever I fucking do. Or I have to go to the National Harbor to collect my winnings from them on the app. Ooh. So I pulled almost all of my money out of BetMGM. So there's after an, I figured that out. Oh, interesting. Because there's a BetMGM, like, sh- I'll call it a shop, but the sports book is in Navy Yard. And so gotcha. I think I can just like walk over. So at least for me, it's convenient. I can just walk over and just yeah, and pick it up that way. Fuck yeah, that. no, no, no. Instant FanDuel's got a much better FanDuel, reputation of being easier to use, a better UI. Like the UI is great. It's just the 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 lines aren't the lines and the also odds aren't brilliant. Hurting. The place bet button's green. That's so smart. Just like little things oh, that make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's by far the best. Um, DraftKings has its moments, but they make they make some of the like trying to pull together a multi like parlay with mm-hmm. multiple games. It's just it's hard. Caesars is fine, and Bet Rivers mm-hmm. feels like you're getting scammed when you log in. So I've started betting on college basketball a whole lot um, because once that. the Super Bowl ended, I was like, "All right, cool. Let me let me find something to do." Soccer season ended, and I was like, "Okay, well, I got a lot of time on my hands. What am I going to mm-hmm. do?" Um, there are any number of things I could do. I could clean the apartment. I could take Barkley for a longer walk. I could, you know, maybe get started on that project at work I've been meaning to get started on. Or I could write an R script. I could pull down some numbers, and I could start placing some bets. And so that's what I ended up doing. Um, started off pretty hot, twenty for twenty um on these picks five for five on the parlay so i was like algorithms dialed in um more recently though so i was up and these are by the way whenever i say this like it sounds impressive but it was always in the betting range of odds between minus 200 and plus 500 so it was that sort of range and it mostly was between minus 100 and plus 100 that sort of range over there um but five for five on parlays to get started. So naturally, I have a God complex about me. I'm like, I figured out college basketball. It's easy. I'll just make eight to 12 bucks a day over and over and over again, placing $10 bets. And this is just going to go great. Then I hit one that nets me 45. I'm like, you know what? Now we can go odd seeking. We're good to go because we figured this all out. Lose. Lose again. Here we are. Back to reality. But overall, 27 for 30 on these picks. Algorithm starting to hum a little bit here, K Dot. Yeah, my my wins and losses are a lot different than you because I also <laughs> bet quite a bit every day. Um, I'm just doing testing to get ready for March. Fuck Madness. that! I'm a full blown <laughs> addict. This is my cocaine. Um, there's no getting around it. I'm 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 an addict. I'm well I well know that I'm an addict. It runs in my blood. Well, if you need um, college numbers, let me know. I'm your guy. Well, I was so I remember before the pod, we were trying to figure out what did I place on my birthday, but then I realized I got paid out on my birthday for bets that I had put together days before because there okay. was no basketball. I did win All Star. I picked the three point winning contest winner and the slam dunk contest winner. Oh, I mean, Mac McClung was easy money. I think we we talked about that. I was like, dude, this is all he does. Like, he, it's incredible. It was plus eight sixty. Amazing time to and parlay then, those um, two. Yeah, I parlayed them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you take Dame? And I had all four of the XFL games uh, correct. And that was plus 759. You I, had yourself a weekend. And then the five leg parlay uh, the day before in hockey hit all five legs. That's plus 1077. And who'd you bet on in hockey again? 
Sidney Crosby, Alex Deberincat, Philip Gustafsson, Anzi Kopitar, <laughs> and Adam mm-hmm. Fox. Adam Fox was strong ass, strong name right there. Um, so uh, like I will say that we so, should call we should we should have a section of District Divider that's called Hockey Corner. Hilarious, given it's a rink, uh, and you just. Tell us your uh, your parlay names. for hockey. They're, they're, yeah. they're <laughs> and you have to names. name them, and it's our job to find <laughs> it and see what names. names you were talking about. <laughs> oh, the worst is when there's no like football is my number one batting sport. Okay, I know enough about it. It is what it is. Basketball now it's turned me into watching basketball during the week <laughs> before the playoffs. This is not me. Um, I hate, but I hate that I've become that. But it's fun, although very frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we were talking about the our buddy Chris had a uh, home had a housewarming party two yes. weeks ago. I couldn't go because I had an issue with what I thought was my tire. It wasn't my tire. My rim was fucked. So my mm. actual wheel was fucking leaking air. So it had a crack in it. So I had to buy a new wheel. I bought it with all winnings. <laughs> Must have felt good. It felt great, like not dipping into the bank account to fix something and just being like, play with my winnings. It was great. And I am I am up, hoping it continues up. There are some guys, you know, everybody's got a Discord group or this, that, and the other. I will say Parlay Science are my guys. Okay. Love them. Um, and they also- exactly. How many plugs do you have today? Enough. There's one that I wasn't sure if you're going to be okay with. Go ahead. All right. My appearance on Dish Divide is brought to you by Fleshlight. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I would love an endorsement of those guys. If you were sponsored by Fleshlight. Fleshlight and Roman. Like erections and fake vaginas. Thank <laughs> the Lord like... this hard stop's coming. Oh, hard stop. There we go. Okay. You know what? <laughs> we're... Go ahead. I create we can we can brand our own loop. <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this this really feels like a, a, uh, a point where we can maybe just call it. What do you think? Yeah, I guess so. I mean. Yeah, I, I think this is it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys. I have next a flashlight week. story. It's hilarious, but we'll save it. <laughs> Tune in next week. In D.C., we're just hoping that you listen. 